So if there's one thing I could hopefully teach your audience, it's let your defense mechanism be questions, not answers. Welcome to all of you coming late to the podcast. We're talking about seven ways to increase your sales. I got an Inc. 500 entrepreneur here with me, Chris Smith, author of Conversion Code, Seven Secrets to Increasing Your Sales. If you suck at sales, you will basically always be poor. One of the things I want to talk to you about, Chris, phone sales. One of my mentors, Mike Stainback, this is what he said to me. I was like just starting in business. I hardly had any money. And he looked at me and he said, Ty, if you're afraid, if you're not afraid of the phone, you'll never be poor. Basically, he was saying, if you have the ability to get on the phone when your back's against the wall, you always have the chance to make money. So let's just jump right into this. By the way, for those of you coming late, giving away iPhone 7, number one, what is the number one thing, Chris, that people need to know to be better at sales? Something advanced. Let's start with something that people haven't heard before. Sure. Some, something that people haven't heard before is the way you pitch. I mean, I know a lot of people when they pitch, they actually talk about the features of their product. So they pitch feature, 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 will you buy? And professional salespeople, it's more of a feature, a benefit, and a tie down. And there's several of those modules, and that leads to the simple, uh, you can hear through the phone that they're ready to close. So I want to say, hey, I'm going to manage your social media for you, sir. I would say I'm going to manage your Facebook page. That's the feature. But the benefit is that you're too busy and you don't even like using Facebook. Wouldn't you like to grow your business without having to log in? So let me ask you this. We're going to take these off. It's fine. I want to make it loud enough for everybody here. So a lot of people, let me just make this clear to you what he's talking about. Feature is how your product accomplishes the goal. So like a feature is like you're selling a car And you're like, it's 500 horsepower, okay? So that's how your car like drives from your house to your work. It engages the horsepower in the engine and you move. And now you're at home and now you're at work. The benefit, a better way to talk about 500 horsepower is like this. I can tell you, I got a couple 600 horsepower cars. If you say to a dude, let's say there's a 25-year-old guy comes into a Lamborghini dealership and you say, dude, wait till you see girls' faces when you roll up to the club in this Lambo and they hear that engine. That is a benefit. Mm-hmm. 500 horsepower is not a benefit until you translate it. You have to, so you got to think of yourself in sales as like a translator between the feature the 500 horsepower, and what, there's that old saying, what have you done for me lately? Like, what will 500 horsepower do for you lately? And I can tell you this, it will get you a lot of looks. If your goal is to have looks, trust me, I'm down here in San Diego, I brought the Aventador, it has 692 horsepower, almost 700. And I went out to a club in downtown San Diego called Omnia. You roll into San Diego, this whole city stops. There's not as many Lambert, you don't get as much looks in in LA, but in San Diego, people have a heart attack. So what, how do you do that? Like, what's a practical way, Chris, when you, cause you worked for two billionaires. Well, Ty, let me, let me say one thing, Ty, because you went through the feature and the benefit, but you didn't do the tie down. So the feature is the horsepower. The benefit is that it turns heads. The tie down is 
the people look at you currently when you pull up to the club in the car you own now? Gotcha. So you mean what you no. basically have to and do? And then we move on. So you you tie it into their current situation? Is that what you mean by the tie down? A absolutely. You've got to you've got to get them to literally say they agree with the point you made. Feature benefit tie down is here's what it is. Here's what it does for you. Do you agree? Ah, so it's actually them consciously saying I agree with this. Absolutely. Hey, we're going to put your home on Zillow. And I know she's a real estate agent. We're going to put your home on Zillow. That's the feature. The benefit is there's 120 million unique visitors a month and that the homes on Zillow sell faster and for more money. You don't want to take it the long, a long time to sell your home, do you? Yeah. Right. Sell at the highest dollar amount, the shortest amount of time. It, you got to tie them down, Ty, because if you wait till the end and say, will you buy and you don't get those little tie downs throughout, you're not going to like the answer that you get. What about a tie down? So we're talking about sales for those of you joining seven secrets to selling Chris Smith. He said the first thing is you can't just sell what your product does. You have to tie it into how it's going to benefit them. But then you have to do something literally called a tie down. So is a tie down getting them to admit their current situation sucks? Or is that something different? Sort of. Yeah, it depends on the feature you're pitching, right? So it could be that, but it could just be getting them to agree they like what they heard. So you're going to have 500 horsepower. It's going to get your the heads turning. Won't that be a nice feeling? So it doesn't have to beat up their current situation. I just want them to shake their head or say, absolutely, before I go to the next feature. So let's talk about that for a second. What power do you put to the concept of tearing down their current situation? Because some people don't know what they don't know. So you have to like say, for example, if you go up to somebody with a say uh, about a Lamborghini and you say, wouldn't a Lamborghini be awesome? You're just selling Lamborghinis. Look at the features, look at the benefits. People are going to say yes, but they've never experienced it. So they don't. So I, what I would add to that, if I said to them, listen, dude, when you're rolling up in your current Mazda Miata, like girls actually go, what a loser. I mean, I wouldn't actually say that, but I'm just saying sure. if I was a car sale, no, if I was what a you're used doing, car sale, Ty, is there's times where you cross segment it with fear. There, is, there are definitely, like the way I say it in my book is that sometimes bruises work better than bells and whistles. Okay. So when do you know whether to bring fear in versus, you know, reward and being upbeat and being, you know, when should you be negative when you're doing sales? Do you Yeah, I, well, it? I would have been gathering a lot of information prior to pitching. So I would have been digging deep and learning their situation and figuring out, you know, what they're into, what, what they're afraid of. You know, I, I kind of jumped to the pitch, and I think that's what most people screw up on. They don't realize there's a lot of things leading up to when you start the pitch. And, and so, like, I, like, the science of sales, my first week in the boiler room at, at Lou Perlman's company, the, the coach came in, and he was just like Alec Baldwin from Glengarry Glen Ross. He was like, you know, my watch costs more than your car. And I'm like, dude, I don't even have a car. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was broke. So I, I, he, he went in, and he said, your job is simple. Your job is to get people more emotionally excited than the cost during the time you have their attention. But, but Ty, remember, a lot of the first conversations nowadays happen digitally, so we get the lead online. We get the lead through Snapchat, Twitter, Instagram, or some kind of funnel, but we're on the phone. So the, the thing I learned from Dan Gilbert was that when you're on the phone, like the, it doesn't matter if your tone's not great. 55% of how humans communicate is physiology. They see each other, they nod. 
you know, Erica looks trustworthy. If I was sitting with her in her car or at a listing presentation, half of how I would understand her would be tone and body. It would be body language. So on the phone, sadly, 7% of how people communicate is words. 38% is tone. So what Dan Gilbert taught us at Quicken Loans, that it's not as much about what you say as how you say it. So you combine, you combine a great tone with a great pitch, and that's when the magic happens. Yeah, and you know one thing, uh, so I'm going to throw out step number two in my experience. I did a ton of phone sales. We're talking about how to increase your phone sales and in-person sales and marketing. Welcome, Facebook, by the way. We finally got you working. Giving away cash. Stay to the end. I'm giving away an iPhone 7. You got to know the details of what we're talking about. I'm with Chris Smith. He's the founder of Curator, which is an Inc. 500 fastest growing company in America. He wrote a best-selling book called Conversion Code, which is awesome. And that I tracked him down after I read the book. So some, just so you guys know with books, sometimes people are like, oh, Ty's trying to sell this guy's book and this guy's paying him. He's not paying me, you, but you can pay me if you want. If you want to send me you know, a check, I accept uh, American Express Visa, but he's not paying me. I literally- I you like PayPal. I'll take PayPal, Venmo. You can send me Bitcoin, crypto, Ether, whatever yeah. you have. But I, I basically find books that I like, and then I reach out to the authors. So this author is not somebody who solicited me. I just want you to know that because we live in a highly cynical world. Erica here is a little cynical. Oh, you are cynical. Ty made me take a personality test. I had her take a personality <laughs> test. She's, very, she's highly Machiavellian. Not, not the worst I've ever seen. But um, Okay, so here's tip number two. Tip number one. Be very careful, feature benefits, and you have to hit them with benefits and what Chris called the tie-down. This is one thing I found with phone sales. If you call somebody and you sound too, um, scripted. too scripted, too automated, too formal, I'll just give you an example. If I call you up, if you got a phone call and it's like, hi, this is Ty Lopez. I have a, you know podcast and I would love you to come listen to it it's on at 4 p.m like that just uh, that nobody on this planet is going to really go I'm very happy that I'm on this call so what I try to do is I call them don't be afraid to say um I, I used to train people and I would say the clever use of ums you can call people and like hey this is Ty and uh, I saw you submitted a form online and I just you know I thought maybe I'd give you a call like, what's going on? That genuine approach works so much better than any other sales tactic. Like, my number one, you gave your number, my number one is sound like you're having coffee with them and you've known them for 10 years. If you can create sales system, even marketing, if you guys watch my YouTube videos, like, I, I, I don't read a teleprompter. I say, um. Like, sometimes my dogs run through. Sometimes one of my most viral videos i'm doing a little tour of my house and the uh one of my assistants opened the front door like right i was opening the front door to walk out and she was standing there and i was like oh what are you doing here marna and people love that because they were like oh this is literally ty literally just walking around his house it's not him creating a formal hollywood set or anything like that so i think that that is of the utmost importance with sales. What did you do to create a genuine environment when you were selling, Chris? Well, uh, you know, it was very easy for me, Ty, because I'm from a place called Polk County. I mean, the, the acronym people make fun of us is that it's people of little knowledge. 
I, I talk slow. I have a Southern draw. I'm, I'm, I'm bringing it up for you, but on the phone, you know, you're absolutely right. Like all the top salespeople at the billion dollar companies I worked for, they talk slow. They didn't talk fast, but there's a difference between slow and scared. Like, but I, I think your pace, your opening, your tone, you want to sound friendly and smart and nice and kind. And what's funny is people practice sales face to face. Like when I hire a salesperson, I would never meet them face to face. I know within 10 to 15 seconds of them getting on the phone, if I would hear them out, which huh. is what you just said. Yeah. Somebody said, most, most rich, wealthy people don't speak proper English. I don't know if that's true, but I do. Someone said, Polk County, that's the home of Publix. Is that where Publix is from? You got some fans. Is Polk County in Midwest? You know, it's right in between Tampa and Orlando. Oh, it's Polk County in Florida. In between. Okay. I did not know that. So you're from Cowtown. Exactly. Orange groves, cow pastures. And you're and, not afraid uh, to act being that. from a real small place, of course, you want to get out. And sales was really the best path for me. You but you're not saying? afraid to, to be State, a country bumpkin. I got a sociology bumpkin. degree. Right. I didn't know what to do with that. I went out and tried to be famous in Hollywood. And I was like, you just said, hi, uh, this is Chris, you know, trying to do the script. I sucked at it. So once I got in the boiler room and I got into sales, that was my calling. And Pete, you, you said about the billionaire, 70% of billionaires started in sales. Well, 100% of great salespeople make more than great marketing people. Yes. So, okay, question for you. How do you see the difference between sales and marketing? Because I do marketing and I do sales. So what's the difference for somebody listening? Well, the difference is that if marketers had to call leads, they would fire themselves. Ah, you know, okay. it, it's a challenge. It, there has to start with a fundamental respect. Salespeople are terrible marketers and, and marketers are terrible salespeople. So because I started with like these boiler rooms where you get 100 leads a day, I didn't necessarily want to create that environment for my team. So great, you know, you're, people say all the time, of course, I'm sure you get this, like a great product should sell itself. Well, Lamborghinis have salespeople at the lot. Tesla's got a guy standing there because it's not always about selling people. It's about guiding them through the buying process. Now, some of the stuff you sell, Ty, you can send them straight to the cart because it's a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks. But when you're trying to get someone to let you manage their social for a thousand a month or a couple thousand a month, that might not be a one call close. Right. Yeah. Most good salespeople create funnels, meaning you have somebody you talk to the first time and it goes all the way down to the close. It's again, I'm telling you for everybody listening who's dated before, the best analogy of a good salesperson is somebody who's good at getting somebody's phone number. The way you start is with a broad, open, genuine conversation at a coffee shop. Like, let's say you're at Starbucks and it's a long line and there's a girl in front of you you want to talk to, just be like, man, this line's long. Or just kind of, you know, funny crack, not a joke as in like a cheesy pickup line joke. And that opens a conversation. And if she's interested, yeah, she'll turn around and... Yeah, just be normal, be authentic. Yeah, what do you think? You, you get I, hit on a lot. What do you do, Erica? I mean, I'm in real estate, so I could talk to many personalities. But I think when someone's authentic and they're real and they, you know, like you said, you know, it's a long line in here. You have my attention. It's an actual conversation. It's not surface level. It's not somebody that's trying to buy me the coffee and have my phone number. So I think being authentic is very important, especially what you said right now, when you're on that phone. Um, 
act like you're talking to them in a coffee shop. Your pitch, your tone is important, but what real estate agents tend to do in sales on phone is all they do is talk about themselves. I can do this, I'm a top producer, I can do that, but it's no benefit to the client. So I think you have to listen more and keep your mouth a little bit quieter, and when you do speak, you ask the right and appropriate questions for that client that's gonna be a benefit to them. So I think a lot of agents do that about me, 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 me. Yeah, and most not real estate agents client. are idiots. Hey. Not uh, you. Not, I said most. Uh, depends. Trust me. I was just not in New York yet. working with realtors. Oh, my God. New York has. I met a few good ones. But if you want to talk about morons, New York. Oh, my God. I mean, of the highest level. Now, let me ask you this. Okay. One of the, and we'll go to point number three, specifically on phone sales and using the phone. I thought this was one of the best chapters in your book, The Conversion Code. Uh when you talked about this diagram of how much more response when you call people within five minutes, it was like, what, a hundred times better response. If somebody submits a lead online on your website and you contact them like three minutes later versus two hours later, it's like a hundred times better. Wasn't it a hundred X or something yeah, like that? It's a hundred X between minute five and minute 30. So we say speed kills, right? Time destroys all things. You know, the marketing team worked really hard to get that person to fill out that form. So when it happens, you've got to jump on it. You've got to go all in. And the difference is 100x, minute five to minute 30. But worse than that, Ty, is that the companies that actually follow up with every lead they get, the median response time is almost four hours. And here's the craziest one. 47% of internet leads are never followed up with once. But what we learned at Quicken and, and all the other companies is, 50% of internet leads choose the first person they have a meaningful conversation with. Now, now let me say one last thing about real estate agents, because I work with them, but we work with the top agents in the world. It, it's sort of the gift and the curse that a lot of them suck. Like, you know, if you were in the NBA, wouldn't you be glad if the other five guys on their team suck? Like that makes you better. So it's kind of cool to be in an industry where actually communicating quickly, having great marketing, being really friendly and, and, and doing what you'll say as a differentiator. So it's frustrating that the bottom 90% of the industry is bad, but it's it's actually not. Yeah, there's a saying, I think you froze a little bit. Oh, there you are, well, you're back. One of the things that Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger say, they say if it wasn't for uh, the stupidity in the world, they wouldn't be so wealthy. Same thing in sales, you know, like, you know, most of the salespeople, like I, I saw that you Snapchatted uh, one of the things I shared about feeding the fat, you know, you really should build comp plans for the top people, not the bottom people. Let's talk about that. So let's talk about, I think we're on number, are we on number four, four, seven steps. We're on number four. How do you, if you are an entrepreneur listening to this, or if you're thinking about eventually owning a company and you're going to hire some people to sell under you, because one of the best ways to create automated income is to be, not be the only salesperson selling whatever you want to sell have people working with you for you. How do you compensate salespeople? Step number four, what's the secret you've learned? Well, the secret I've learned is that you have to make sure that your top rep makes more than the CEO. So if, so if I'm the number one salesperson at Curator, my comp plan has to be better than the CEO's salary. Now, the CEO may have stock options and, and some other things, but you've got to, like, people come to me, Ty, and they ask the question, and it feels like 
they're trying to figure out how little they can pay the salespeople. And, and we, we just don't believe in that. So like we are at almost 20 million in ARR in less than five years. And we had two reps that got us there. So you don't need to have a hundred person boiler room or a, a 3000 person boiler room. But yeah, if you're afraid of the phone, find somebody that's not. If you'd rather be on Facebook than the phone, if you'd rather be with people and not pixels, then you need to find a guy that loves being on the phone. I mean, I've got a guy named Neil the Deal. I mean, he's he's Neil like, the Deal. You know, I, I watch Zach <laughs> and and Kate and some of your sidekicks, Ty, that blow up too. Neil the Deal. He's getting cheered on stage. He's building his own following. Darren and I go way back from a couple other sales jobs. So, if you suck at sales. Find somebody that doesn't. Find somebody that's passionate about you, about your vision, about your product, and you can remove yourself from that role. It was hard for me because the mindset, I'm sure Eric has thought about this, no one's going to be as good at this as me. Well, that's true, but when you're an entrepreneur, you've got a lot of other shit to do. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, okay, I know he might not be as good at me now, but what if Neil only sells all day and you're doing all this other stuff? Eventually, they're better than you, and by the way, you get all your time back. Yeah. So let me ask you this. W would it be outrageous for a salesperson working for a company? If you were building a new company or advising a company, what would you like in an ideal range, U.S. dollars, a salesman to make your top salesman? We're talking 200 grand a year, 500, 1 million. What's kind of a ballpark? Yeah, I'll tell you right now. Our guys make a little less than thirty thousand guaranteed. It's like five to seven hundred a week. But my again, we don't have a bunch of people, so we don't have a lot of the bottom reps. But my number one rep makes about two twenty. My number two rep makes about one ninety, and my number three rep will make about one fifty. We're trying to be like the Warriors. We want to be a super team. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to be rebuilding with all these people that suck. Like we don't hire ten and hope to work out. So you know, great advice with sales is hire slow and fire fast. You've got to be patient with who you bring on, but you've got to be willing to cut the cord if it's not working out. It's not going to take that long to figure it out. One of my uh, friends, he built a trucking company. He sold it for, I think, oh man, at least two to $400 million uh, he sold it for. He had sales guys. He said he had 500 sale guys, and his top guy was making $600,000 a year, and he said he had a lot of guys making five to six hundred. He based, and and I'll just go back to one of the great financial advisors of all time, a mentor of Warren Buffett. His name was Benjamin Graham. He wrote the book The Intelligent Investor. He kind of pioneered modern investing theory. He told Warren Buffett, he said, "It's almost impossible to overpay a good person. Almost impossible." And he said, even one penny spent on an undeserving person is a penny spent, uh, wasted. So what he basically did, he was ruthless with people who weren't performing in the sense that he said, listen, don't work here. You ain't making any money and you're losing me money. And then he was extremely generous with the top person. Because if you think about it, let's say you're paying, did you, let's say, what do you think is a normal commission range for you? 10 to 20% of the product? Is that kind of Obviously yeah, we depends. have a high product and, and a high lifetime value. So, you know, we're, it's a little easier for us to pay better commissions. But when I was selling vacations and loans, like the top people need to be making 150 or more. I, I don't care what they sell because sales is hard. Dialing for dollars kind of sucks. You get people telling you no all day long. It's hard to stay positive. So if you don't have a 
a nice, you know, financial lifestyle, you're not going to stay in it for very long. Yeah. So you're, so just to be clear to everybody listening, Chris is only guaranteeing them salary of about 30 grand. So that's like basically $15 an hour. They get guaranteed that way. If they're not good, they disappear on their own. That's one thing I like about commissions. You don't have to fire people. They just slowly disappear on their own and you get less lawsuits and less people mad at you. Now let's go to the next step five. One of the keys all thing, and I want to get your input on this. The fifth secret to being better at sales, both yourself and a team, is use the right tools and technology. So can you walk us through, do you guys, use, do you recommend using an auto dialer? Do you recommend using Salesforce? How do you capture phone number? Do you recommend every step of your website ask for phone number versus just email? Let's talk about advanced sales tools. Sure. Well, one I want to start with is one I bet nobody watching has heard of, and it goes back to your point and Erica's point earlier about letting the client talk. So we're using a technology called Chorus.ai. And it's basically artificial intelligence that analyzes the calls our guys make. And you can actually jump to the conversation by keyword. And, and so if we wanted to listen to our rep explain commission, explain competition, explain how the company got started, we can go right to that little call clip. But what we learned was that our top guys, the guys making a couple hundred grand, they were talking less than 30% of the call. And the, and the new guys they were actually talking less than 10%, like they were talking like 90% of the call. So when you can go to a new rep and say, listen, Jeremy, if you want to make money like Darren and Neil, you've actually got to let the person freaking speak right now. They're only talking for 9% of the time because sometimes a new rep, their defense mechanism is to talk more and not ask more questions. But when you can show a rep through data, the, the guys killing it are killing it. So everybody write that down that's listening. The best salespeople in Chris's experience using software uh, to track what, how much people talk only talk 30% of the phone call. Bad salesmen talk 90%. No, no, Ty, let me New get this salesmen, right for you. Sorry. The, the lead, the lead is talking 30% of the time when it's a good rep and the guy's talking 70 the bad reps are under 10% for the lead. The lead's not saying anything. Uh, They're uh, talking 90%. So gotcha. you're in charge. It's your pitch. It's your call. You should talk more. But it shouldn't be 90%. That's not called a monologue. That's like a monologue, not a duologue, right? Yeah. So let me clarify that. Thank you. The customer is only speaking 10% of the time when they're talking to a bad salesperson. You need to triple that. You need the, sa the customer to talk 30% of the time minimum. So if you get a salesperson that's dominating the phone, they're doing something wrong. They need, the people need to talk. Speaking of that, I've been dominating this. Erica, do you do mostly phone sales? You do mostly in person. Yes, I'm not big on phone sales. I'm going to be that girl. That I do door knock. I do um, coffee meetings. I do. I rather do face to face. I'm very fearful of the phone. So, I guess Chris, what's the recommendation that you would have for agents out there that are scared of the phone and are much better behind of a screen and more face to face? Because that's generally where I get most of my business in just networking, face to face, and door knocking. But the phone's so efficient. Right. So let's you talk about the technology. More. What should you, should she have an auto dollar? Should she buy lists? What should she do? 
Yeah, well, we we have found a way to turn, you know, her listings into tons of leads on Facebook. I mean, at a minimum, we do recommend trying to generate name, phone number, email when you advertise your own listing. But it really is like, what is your passion? You just said your passion is people, but you have to remember the Internet is people, too. You're you just aren't passionate about being on Facebook. You'd rather actually talk to someone. You'd rather be face to face. But we're living in a world where the face-to-face interactions will happen less if you or somebody at your team is not great on the phone. So in Erica's situation, she should bring on a buyer's agent. That buyer's agent should work all the leads and she shouldn't focus on lead generation. She should focus on appointment generation. Erica, I'll give you a, a, just, I've never met you and I don't know what your answer will be, but would you rather have 400 leads a month or four appointments a month? Four appointments. You'd rather have four appointments and 400 leads? Because I know I'd close on those four leads. It's four appointments. Appointments are guaranteed money. I wouldn't want to be See, on the that's phone the thing, calling Ty. She's them. confident in her skills. She's just not confident in her funnel. Yeah, but so if I had 400 have 400 leads, I would have 40 lead generation. We call it appointment generation. So, you know, you can have people to do the marketing, call the leads, and it's just something on your calendar. I would hire someone to call those leads for me, but I would generally be stronger in my skill set in four appointments because I know I could close them. Yeah, but let let me give you a cool sales tip for belly to belly because I know you're going in people's beautiful homes and you're doing a showing. There's a technique I use in in phone sales that applies to both called gaining control. And the idea is that I want to dominate the conversation from from sort of a, you know, who's the alpha? Who's in charge? Somebody's got to take the lead on a call. And so when we get on the phone with an internet lead, we'll say, hey, do me a favor, grab a pen and paper. I want you to write down a couple things about our company that we don't publish on the internet. Let me know when you're ready. And by telling them to do that over the phone and we can kind of hear the paper rustling, we know we got a legit lead and we started the conversation in charge. One tip you can use, Erica, in person, you go to a listing appointment. I don't care how nice the house is. I don't care if it's Ty's house. You get to Ty's house for a listing appointment, say, hey, Ty, thank you so much for having me. I wanted to apologize. I actually drove from across town. Could you grab me a glass of water before we get started? Right. Kind of impose your will on them a little bit. It's called pattern interrupt. But before we get into this, let me just do something that lets everybody know who's, who's going to be in charge here. But it's not sleazy. Like, you're thirsty. You know what I'm saying? It's not like <laughs> it's a tactic, but it's not. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a better way to have a conversation. But, yeah, it's a nice little indicator that, yeah, I'm going to ask you to do some stuff today during this appointment, and you're going to do it. And it starts with that glass of water, but it ends with this listing agreement. So does that mean we're going to end this with a listing agreement? Because when I got here, I got a glass of water. I asked for one. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Are you going to give me a house? You can give me a house. Absolutely. Okay. She's paying me in houses for being on (laughs) on this. So let me ask you something. Going back to this, because I want to go to this number six tip is an actual sample phone script. And we'll just play... We'll just maybe have you selling to Erica as just a sample so people can hear your style. But just staying on this number five, using the right technology and tools. What was the name of that software you said, that artificial intelligence? Sure. It's chorus, like a, a chorus at church, dot AI. Like oh, artificial chorus, intelligence. like you're singing, dot AI. Okay. So I'm not affiliated with that company, but go check it out. Next thing, do you use an auto dialer and do you buy lists to call? Do you believe in that? We, we personally don't because we do great marketing and inbound marketing, but a lot of successful real estate agents and companies do buy lists. You know, it's a colder call. We don't believe in cold calling. We think the internet allows you to warm people up. So how do you 
get warm leads because a website is technology. So ha what tech you have a website, is it on your homepage that you have a list where you say, how, what do you say to get them to put their phone number? Because people don't like to put their phone number and email in because they think you're going to spam them. So like, how do you beat that mentality and actually get people to listen yeah. to you? I mean, well, yeah, it's basically things that have always worked in scales, uh, sales like scarcity, exclusivity. So if I were Erica and I had a listing coming on the market and I wanted to generate a lot of accurate phone numbers for it, I would actually do the ad on Facebook before it went in the MLS and before it was on Zillow. And that's exactly and what I'm doing. And I would basically play that up that like for the next three days, the only place you can get information about this listing is on Facebook. And here's a bunch of info and here's a bunch of pictures. But if you actually want the location and you actually want to know the price, I need you to fill out that form. So you create an information gap. You have to give a lot of information. You can talk about the amenities. You can talk about the location at a high level. You can talk about the pool. But if you want the price and location of this listing, it's almost like back when the, the realtors had the book of all the info in their drawer. You've got to put more value behind the form than, than their phone number and email. And Ty, you do a great job of this. You know, I know you're asking these questions, but you do a great job of this. Like, you bring so much value for free that by the time they go to the landing page, the, the conversion rate's probably off the, off the hook. You probably don't deal with a lot of inaccurate phone numbers and stuff because you have books and blogs and content. So I would say the other key to getting great at sales and the best technology is great content, whether that's podcasts, blogs, books. Like when we pick up the phone with a lead, they're at the 80-yard line. And when most people pick up a phone with a lead, they're at the eight-yard line. Right. For all you like football, 80-yard line means they're almost scoring a touchdown. <laughs> Is there not an 80-yard line time? If you, don't know, if, you don't know, if you don't know football, you might not understand. We have a lot of international people. They like soccer. I just posted a funny thing on Instagram about the American soccer team. America did not make the World Cup. Now, by the way, Erica is part Cuban and part Mexican. Are you 50-50? I'm telling you guys. <laughs> I'm you, all Latina. She's all Latina. That means don't mess with her or you may die. She may put concrete <laughs> boots on you and throw you off a bridge. Have don't you ever listen done, to have him. Have you done that before? I'm not going to tell. Yeah. <laughs> she's in the... Zach asked if you've ever stabbed someone. Someone said oh Cuban Mexican is psychotic. Erica is all beautiful. Them crazy Latinas. Okay, <laughs> let's go to number six. I think we're on. Six secret to sales. We've talked a whole bunch of stuff. Hi, let me give one more tip on the tech. Yes, let's you don't do the mind. tech. Keep going. Okay, because I know how many people get email-only leads, which is frustrating. Because you know the number, how do you follow up? So I want people to try this. I want people to try to Google my name, Chris Smith. And I want you to see what pops up. And then I want you to Google my email address, chris at curator.com, and see what pops up. C-U-R-A-Y-T-O-R. When you Google an email address, Ty, it's like a fingerprint, man. The, the internet is a, it's a hundred percent accurate information. And then you get their LinkedIn, then you get their Twitter, then you see places they're featured in. So we do something we call a pre-call stalk. We're Googling their email address prior, combing through that big data. And then we're putting that into our talk track right out of the gate. So like you mentioned, oh, like, hey, Ty, what's up? I would have been like, hey, Ty, what's going on, man? I saw that you were in San Diego today. Looks like you had a great day with your grandmother playing backgammon. I know you're busy. It, do you think you might have a few minutes next week to chat with me? Right. As long as you don't sound too stalkerish, like you don't go. You don't want to say something like, 
Hey, Erica, uh, this is Ty Lopez. I love how you sleep on your right side. You look very, <laughs> you look like you were sleeping yeah. very, yeah, look very at comfortably LinkedIn more than Facebook. You don't want to be like, oh, I saw that you guys were at Applebee's Friday. You got the green beans, you know, great. No, like, <laughs> yeah. don't be, ne- like, there's a universal rule. Don't be creepy. Right, don't be but, creepy. But, like, the internet is has so much information and people share more information with social than with salespeople. Yes. So let me, let me ask you this. You talked about talk track. Do you use Salesforce? So you have a lead in the system when you call Erica. You've done your little research before, the, 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 the mini stock, you called it. And you pull up and you're like, Erica, she is a, you know, she's a real estate professional. She's Mexican-Cuban. And what, what do you what do you do? Where do what software do you it's called a CRM for those of you listening, a customer relationship management tool. What do you use? Yeah, one of my good friends, Lisa Archer and Mark Spain, they say if you don't have a database, you don't have a data bank. You have to think of your CRM as your as your business account. Like I got a chance to interview Gary Keller one time and he said the people that focus on their checking account live check to check. And the people that focus on their savings account are the ones that build wealth. And I, I never forgot that. So no matter how good your funnel is, people fall out of the bat, the bottom of it, right? Like you could be world-class at lead conversion and you could lose 95 to 98% of those leads. So like we would never, like my book says the fortune is in the follow-up. So we have, a, we actually work with a company called Follow-Up Boss. It's sort of like a Salesforce, but it's more centric to real estate. Every lead that comes in goes on an email campaign. Every lead that comes in with a phone number gets a text right away. We track every single thing they do on the website. And if they go dark and they come back a few months later, we send a lead alert through Slack to our team. So we love sales, but if we don't have all that intelligence, we don't know who to call. Like, here's a crazy stat for you. In 2011, there were 2.9 million real estate leads and 4 million homes sold. Five years later, there were 60 million leads and there were still 5 million homes sold. So you now get so many more leads than real leads that you gotta filter through that and that's where the technology, that's where the automation, the Salesforce, Infusionsoft, HubSpot, Follow-Up Boss, Curator, whatever you wanna call it, you've gotta have the back-end systems Nobody pours water in a leaky bucket, and that's what those do. They they keep those leads from going going dark on you. Yeah, so many. Again, going back to the analogy, you want to be better at sales, use the dating analogy. Very rare as a man ever walked up to a girl and said, do you want to marry me? And she said yes. If she says yes, she's kind of cuckoo, and you don't want to marry her. You have to have a system to follow up, so you meet them. You get their phone number. That's your website. You get their phone number. You generate it. You create good content. You got good videos. You got blog articles. You have vlogs. People go, ooh, okay, this Thai guy or Erica or Chris, they know what they're talking about. And you entice them with some giveaway, some value give, some PDF that you're giving them that if they put their email phone number in, now you generate the lead. Now, the next thing is it needs to go into a real system because if you just get a girl's phone number at Starbucks and you forget to save the contact in your phone, every guy's done that. I've done that before. And I'm like looking through my phone like, what was that damn girl's name? Like, I forgot. Like, and you're like scrolling through. Your phone has something called a database. We call it contacts. If you use the software like uh, 
well, a big one, Salesforce. You mentioned your follow-up boss. I haven't, I haven't used that one. Now they're stored forever. In 20 years, you can come back. And some people, especially if you're selling houses, right. they're not ready to buy every day or sell every day. You want to keep in touch with them. They call this, Joel Salatin, my first mentor, called this relationship marketing. You create a relationship with people, and then you never know. Like you meet a girl at Starbucks, and she's married or dating somebody. You keep in touch with her one year later, the dude, you know, she kicks him to the curb. She takes half his money. And No, I'm just joking about that, but that happens a lot. Uh, she takes 70% of his money. She takes the kids, and then she's like, I'm back on the market. You've created that relationship. Okay, let's go on to number six, a sample phone script. Because if you're training people, you need to give them a little script. What would you say? So let's just do... Um, let's do, uh, let's say Erica went on your website, Chris, and let's say you were selling, um, uh, I don't know. What could we say you were selling? You were selling, let's not use a house. Um, you were selling candles. She had gone to your candle website. She had put in like you have a special set of candles. Let's say they... Soy they, can they, candles. What'd you say? Soy candles. That's a special kind of okay, candle. Okay, soy candles. You specialize... Let's say she does weddings. Okay, so she, she buys like 1,000 candles at a time and you're a candle wholesaler. You have soy candles. What do you... So she put a lead in. You, you explained it on your website, soycandles.com. She lives here in San Diego. She was like, man, I'm, I'm doing a... The Pope's, no, not the Pope's wedding. Uh, the Pope doesn't get married. Uh, I'm doing Mark Zuckerberg's wedding. No, Mark Zuckerberg's, Elon Musk. Elon Musk's wedding. And Elon Musk is like, make sure it's a very Japanese, eco-friendly wedding. So she goes to your site. She puts in her name, Erica. She says, I want 1,000 candles for Elon Musk's uh, birthday. I mean, wedding, God damn it. Uh, pardon my French. It's wedding. You it's a wedding. wedding. Thank yeah, you, Erica. You said it was a wedding. Yeah, <laughs> he needs a thousand <laughs> candles for his cake. You get on the phone with her. What do you say? Sure. Well, first of all, Erica, thank you so much for reaching out to us. We work really hard to make sure our web presence is great, and, and when somebody gives us their trust and submits their personal information, we we take we don't take that for granted. And what I thought was interesting is it looks like you need a bunch of soy candles for Elon West Elon Musk's wedding. And that must be so cool. Like, how did you meet Elon Musk? Like, how did you get him as a lead? Yeah, how did you? A friend of a friend. Ty Lopez introduced me to him. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, Ty Lopez, I actually follow him as well. How do you know Ty? Um, I met Ty at a charity event in Beverly Hills. She stalked me. Cool. I did do not. Do you even remember, like, what the fundraiser was for? Um, the Robert Shapiro Foundation. Cool. Well, yeah, I just wanted to reach out to you. I appreciate you taking a few minutes here of your time. It looks like you're working on a big wedding. Is that right? I am, and it's a very important wedding, so I need to make sure that it's perfect. Yeah, I can imagine that there's a ton of pressure working with Elon Musk and needing so many candles. Have you ever purchased a 1,000 candles before? I have not, so you're going to have to guide me a little bit on the process of buying a 1,000 candles. I want to make sure that there's you know, a 1,000 ca candles being lit, the safety behind it, someone doesn't drop the candle and the whole place ca catches on fire. <laughs> sure, yeah, I mean, ultimately it's not about the candles, it's about making sure Elon has a great experience, right? Correct. Okay, 
And why do you choose soy? Like, why do you want soy candles? I'm super interested. It just burns slower and the wax burns evenly. And you get sushi automatically. Is there an, is there an aroma? I, I, I'm guessing that's something that they maybe chose because it's aroma free? Yes, correct. Okay, cool. And what is the date that we're looking at uh, getting the candles to you by? February 14th on Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, that's really cool. She's good at making <laughs> shit up. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> this is all fake. I love it. Um, well, you know what? I'm sure there's a lot of pressure. Like one of the cool things about buying a thousand candles is that you get probably the best price per candle that you've ever gotten. But if we can find the candles for you and it does work in your budget, would you be looking to make a decision this week or next week? What's your time frame? Um, I would be looking to make a decision this week. I'm still shopping around at other merchants and just trying to collect all the information that I can before making a final decision. Cool. Well, you, you definitely should shop around. I'm guessing Elon Musk's b biggest thing isn't cost since his cars aren't very cheap, but we'll make sure that we're really competitive on the pricing. Where should uh, <laughs> Ty? This is, feels like a real call. I feel like I'm it about does. to ask for the People are literally here, like going, like, where can I buy? Yeah, soy what's candles? the location of the wedding? It's going to be on La Jolla Shores on the beach. It's going to be a okay. sunset wedding. And Somebody what, so, wrote. So what I'm going to do, Eric, ass. is I'm going to go and look at our inventory, and I'm going to make sure I can get you the best pricing possible. And then I'm going to call you back and go through a proposal that's custom for Elon's wedding. I'm also going to see what else I can throw in above and beyond the candles that you need as kind of a value add. We obviously would love to take care of you. But I wanted you to answer one question for me before I build that proposal. What is the worst experience you've ever had? Because my goal, obviously, I want to be great, but I want to avoid the things that bother you. So tell me a little bit about a bad experience you've had buying this many candles. Um, bad experience I've had is I've done another wedding and a wedding guest had a little much to drink and dropped the candle and the entire ceremony caught on fire. <laughs> and, and the so whole wedding was, they died. <laughs> a safety issue is a big <laughs> deal for me. As much as I want it to look great and I want Elon to be happy with my services, safety is going to be my number one issue. What kind of okay, protection so are can, you going to have around the candles? If I can find a candle that'll go out when you drop it, you'd pay a little bit more for it? Absolutely. Okay, cool. I'm going to put this together. Can I call you back in 30 minutes to walk through you with it? Yes, please do. Perfect. Thanks for your time, Erica. My pleasure. Boom. So you like to do that. You like to get, you like to, I noticed a few things that you did. Number one, you saw how urgent their request was. Like, are you ready to buy today, this week, this month? Because if you know you got a tire, kick, tire kicker that's like, ah, I'm just shopping around. I'm not really interested. You can prioritize them as a, I always prioritize sales leads as A, B, and C. C is like not likely to buy anytime soon. A is they're ready to buy today. B is obviously, you know, they're going to buy in a month. So one of the things I noticed you did that. The other thing that I thought was interesting, do you like to do I'm hanging up and getting back on the phone with you in 30 minutes? Why do you like that? I'll tell you why I like that, Ty, because it allows me to laser focus on her and not me. I'm not thinking about my pitch. And there's so few people that are good at a one-call close. I mean, the dirty little sale is that the one-call close doesn't happen that often anyway. So we use a 20-20-20 technique. We spend 20 minutes qualifying, digging deep, building rapport. 
We spend 20 minutes building a script that we'll go back and customize the proposal. And that way, when I start at the end, when I would get her back on the phone, we would have gotten through a lot of these things. What I would do is I would get her back on and I would do the five yes technique. And I'll say, okay, Erica, thank you so much. I looked at my inventory. I've got the pricing ready for you. I just want to make sure that I heard everything right earlier. You need a thousand soy candles, right? Correct. And you are getting these for Elon Musk's wedding, right? Correct. And your biggest fear is that you don't want it to blow the place up, right? Correct. And your time frame's two weeks. Okay, cool. Here's what I can do for you. So I'm digging deep with her up front so I can use it against her later. And now she's saying, now I'm going to get her to say like, she's not saying no to me. She's saying like, yes to, I don't want to fire. Yes. Right. Yes. Good. Okay. So let's we take believe some- that breaking it down on purpose makes sense in a lot of situations. And you tailored it towards me. I think it was a customized call. It didn't seem like a scripted call, which I, I think was important to notate. Thank yeah. you. That was good. That was great. For all of you, you can go back and listen on my podcast if you want to rewind and listen to this a few times and go and use that for you entrepreneurs. Build a sales team that's on the phone following up with your leads. Trust me, most people are generating literally a hundred potential sales and only closing one of them. You got to double check. You have to follow up. Um, now I'm going to, I'm going to do a few just live questions. Someone said this Skype is worth its weight in Bitcoin. There you go. I like that. Um, okay. So I've, these questions are like pouring in. This is absolute money. Peter says being in sales, I use a lot of the same stuff he is using. Frankie said it's important to plant, you know, to plant a seed and then you come back and follow up. Uh, each call is customized because each customer is different. How much do you customize? Because you said in this rule that you come back, twenty, you spend 20 minutes customizing a proposal. That's obviously with a higher ticket item. If you're selling something that's $5, you might not do this. By the way, this reminded me a little bit, who's seen Wolf of Wall Street where he's like, sell me this pen. This was a little bit like, sell me this pen, except we're, sell me this yeah, soy candle. sell me candle. this soy candle. That doesn't sound as good. <laughs> hey, Ty, let me say one thing about that, though, because when we hire salespeople, we put them through a simple test that anyone can use. And we, we use a ping pong paddle. And, and I get them through a few phone interviews. I like them. I bring them in. And I literally just say, hey, sell me this ping pong paddle. And what you're looking for is that the talented salespeople are going to start with questions. And the people that don't really know what they're doing are going to start with features. So a good salesperson will be like, oh, do, do you already play ping pong now? What, like, how often do you play? Like, how good are you? And a bad salesperson, like a media is like, oh, that paddle has this wood and your handle never sweat. And these balls, like these balls don't even go off the table. And, like they go, they go to the features. They go and you can't sell a solution if you don't know what the problem is, if you don't know if there's a need. So if there's one thing I could hopefully teach your audience, it's let your defense mechanism be questions, not answers. Yeah. So when you don't know what to do, when you're on a phone, when you're stuck in sale, on a sales call, when you're stuck. And by the way, for those of you trying to raise money, that's take sales. You're trying to raise money from investors, that's sales. When you're trying to do fill out a job application and go do a job interview, you're selling yourself. So this applies even if you're not a salesperson. When you want to raise, if you have a job and you want to raise, you're selling. So one of the things, for example, that Chris is saying that I've used is basically... Um, one of my mentors, I just posted on Twitter, he used to tell me, Ty, if you're sitting in a room for 30 minutes and you don't know who the sucker is, you're the sucker. So if you're sitting in a job interview 
If you're sitting trying to raise money from investors and the person across the table has total control of the conversation, they're dominating what you're thinking, you're the sucker in the room. It's kind of like if you're playing poker and everybody's, uh, I was, I, I play a little poker and I was in Vegas and um, I had to actually leave the table because those, those games go on. It's Texas Hold'em, you play forever. So I just played the card. Uh, I, I told people before I was leaving the table, like, I got to leave soon. I just kind of said it loud enough to my friend that everybody would hear. And I waited till I had a badass hand, okay? I didn't immediately leave the table. I was like, I'm going to leave in the next 30 minutes. I got, I forget what hand I got, but it was a great hand. And I basically just went, I got to go, guys. And I went all in. And like people, normally, when you go all in like that, you know, people think that I have a good hand. I, I don't bluff that much. But so this time people thought I was bluffing and I was going all in just because I had to go back to the room, but I wasn't. And I took basically the whole table's money. So when you, and the way that I did that was by planting a seed early in the conversation and then going back and taking the harvest. And that's the same thing you were saying with sales. It's when, when, if I was selling these candles, for example, to you, I'd be like, this is what I used to do. This is, I'll give you an exact script that I used to say. I'd be like, hey, Erica, I what, just got into my, got on my desk. I saw you were on my website and you put in your phone number and asked me to call you. Uh, so what are you looking for? Let me see if I can help you. Yeah. And then I mute the phone. This is important. Mute. Now your turn. I'm looking for soy candles for Elon's wedding on February 14th. Is that what you just asked me? Yeah. I need candles. Can you get me some candles? <laughs> no, here's the key me? part. <laughs> keep the mute on because they'll keep talking and they'll give away their hand. So I just keep it on mute. And 99% of the time, they don't hang up. What they'll do is they'll go. Keep talking. Yeah. Keep talking. So I'm on mute. Ty, are you there? Oh, yeah. I'm just listening. <laughs> okay. I need 1,000 candles by February 14th. I need them to be soy because I like the way they burn. And it's going to be on a beach wedding, and there's going to be about 500 people. So I want to make sure that you can accommodate this. Is that something that you can do? So now, just a little key point. The sucker in the room switched to her because she just revealed all her stuff because people hate silence on the phone. I promise you, they won't hang up on you. Out of 100 people you do that to, 99 will tell you their whole life story. And then I'll just be like, um, I'll be like, listen, Erica, I've been doing this for 10 years. I can tell you everything you need about soy, and I'm going to show you something cool. Go to this YouTube video. I'm going to text it to you. Oh, let me reset Instagram. So we're continuing. This is me doing sales. Chris had to take a little break for a second. He went so, mute. So... What? He went mute on you. He went mute. So <laughs> I, I basically muted the phone. I'm pretending I'm selling to Erica. And she just told me everything because people hate silence. Let them talk. The more they talk, the more they become the sucker in the room. Not that you're trying to take advantage of people, but you're trying to be good at what you do, which is sell. So I would basically be like, go to check out this YouTube video. It's got 2 million views. It's me doing the largest soy candle wedding in history i lit up the vatican for the pope and i put sixty thousand soy candles and the pope gave me an award that said ty is the number one soy candle person in the world and how many do you need a thousand child's play 
I'll take care of this. I got you. So I those different frames, by the way. You see me doing a sale. That's a what you call an authority frame. There's many frames. I got a lot of tricks on my sleeve when it comes to frame. I would basically listen to what she said. I could tell she's a newbie to the world of soy candles. So I would use an authority play. If she, if, when I was talking to her, she said to me, oh, Ty, listen, every week for the last 10 years, I've been doing soy candle weddings. My old supplier pissed me off because he hit on me and asked me out. He's creepy. He told me he likes that I sleep on my right side because he implanted a, candle, uh, a camera above my bed. So I'm switching vendors. Now, when I talk to her, and I heard that situation, I wouldn't use the authority frame because she is an authority. So then you might want to find a different frame, a pricing frame like, well, how much did you used to pay? And if she goes, a dollar a candle, go, well, I could probably do it for 70 cents. That's a pricing discount frame. It's not my favorite frame, but it works for Walmart. Like Walmart's whole frame to the world is like we're cheap. So is Amazon's. Amazon is the cheapest play to buy most things. That's why they're putting Best Buy out of business. So know your frames. That's more advanced. Let's go to this last point here to wrap up. We're saving the best for last. By the way, I'm giving away this iPhone 7. Step number seven or secret number seven to be a master of sales. If right now, Chris, this is your last day on earth and you had to leave one paragraph or less three, four sentences for your kids or for the world of the ultimate manifesto of sales, not communist manifesto, not Karl Marx. What would your manifesto of sales be? I'm with, for those of you who came, new, uh, came in later, I'm with Chris Smith. He wrote the curator, I mean the conversion code. He is the founder, co-founder of Curator, which is a top Inc. 500 fastest growing company. He's done sales for two billionaires uh, in his past life. Now he's out teaching. He had a badass book I saw it when I was flying, actually, from San Diego back to L.A. And I told my staff, get this guy on my podcast. Get this guy on my live stream. So this is the final thing. The most gangster manifesto on sales in three sentences. Sure. The first part of the manifesto is that you have to have a black lab mindset. You have to have the most excited, positive mental attitude on the planet. Like if somebody serves me a subpoena or brings me a great package, my great Dane gets equally excited. And in sales, you deal with so much rejection that it starts with having a positive mental attitude and enthusiasm. My, my coach at Lou Pearlman's company, billionaire, discovered NSYNC Backstreet and Britney Spears. He, he, he went in and he said, guys, you, you don't even know what to, you don't even need to know what to say. What you need is enthusiasm. And if you look at that word and you draw a bracket around I-A-S-M, he said that actually is an acronym for I am sold myself. So if you don't have that black lab mindset and that enthusiasm every day, you're not going to be legendary in sales. So enthusiasm, going out, getting people. Yeah, because you know, one thing I've learned I'm a pretty logical person, or at least I've always thought I uh, am, you know, I've always thought of myself as logical, but the older I get, the more experience I get, I realize here's really, and this is my manifesto, not just for sales, but for understanding people. Humans are not logical. I don't care if you're, if you look at Stephen Hawking's life, the man's done illogical things, okay? He left his wife and they, you know, he, 
That's an emotional thing. He left his wife for his nurse or something like that. It's not a highly logical thing. It's he followed his heart. I'm in love with this new woman. So even the greatest, most genius people I've met are, are, aren't that logical. So my manifesto would say, people buy vibes. They buy vibes. They go off vibes. Guys who are good with women walking up to them at a coffee shop, it's not what they say. It's not a pickup line. Women aren't logical. Men aren't logical either, by the way. So you don't just go up to a woman and be like, you know why you should date me? I am six foot two, blonde hair, blue eyes. Uh, I've got a great resume. I make 150 grand a year, whatever a guy. Guys say stupid stuff like that. What gets a girl is she vibes with you. Your vibe, she's like, ah, that's my type. That's, that's what they call chemistry. And when it comes to sales, it's the exact same thing. You're not going to close every sale. Right. You're going to get on the phone with some people. They're not going to like your vibe. Get off the phone and move on. There's another, you know, like they say about fish in the sea. Same with sales. There's a lot of fish out there. There's, there's about $100 trillion floating around this planet. Trillion. A lot of that's going through salespeople. You miss one trillion, there's still 50 to 100 other trillion dollars. That's a thousand billion or a million million floating around this thing. So watch your vibe. This lines up with what you say. If you if, just listen, if I, this is how you sound to most people. I've learned this because I do YouTube videos where I talk a lot. This is how people perceive it. So it's more like this. Oh, wah, 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 wah. People like that vibe. That's enthusiastic vibe. Forget what you're saying. I could literally make a YouTube video and be like, dude, I have found the greatest opportunity. I've made money online. I'm going to show you guys how to make money online. Soy Candles is badass. Join my new program. And I promise you, people would be signing up for it, even though it makes no logical sense. They're, I don't even know if soy... Did you make up Soy Candles? I totally made that yeah, up. Yeah, it doesn't even exist. But if people like my vibe, they go, I'm buying. Now... I could have the most logical thing that's going to make you money. If, if I just talk like, you know what would be great? One of the ways that you make money is you invest real estate. Real estate, you know, invest in real estate. It's made more millionaires than anybody in America. <sighs> real estate, real estate. It's like that vibe, people are just gone. They're like, this dude... Even if they believe that real estate sells, they're not going to, I mean, real estate makes millionaires. They ain't buying it from you. That's why it's a vibe game. Sales is a vibe game, man. Well, I asked my top sales guy one time, I said, what's your favorite thing you ever sold? He said, me, it's the only thing I ever sold. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you want to raise investment. You want to date a girl. You want to get more people buying your product. Do they buy into you at a personal level, man? Personal level. You know why Erica's sitting right next to me right now? Why Chris is sitting next to me, is, or virtually, is because when we reached out to him, and I didn't even do it, uh, my staff reached out to Chris, we, they did it in such a way that he bought in. He's like, yeah, I'll go sit and talk to Ty for an hour and eight minutes we've been going. Erica, we were, she was here, we were just talking upstairs. I'm like, you want to be on my podcast? And the vibe of how I said it, because I didn't even tell you what it was. No, I had no idea what She was very nervous. It. But the way I gave the vibe, like, for example, I, you could say to a girl, like, oh, man, I got to go do my podcast. You want to be on that? I and she's going to be no like, way. hell no. This sounds like <laughs> I'm setting myself up for disaster. Be like, But if I'm just like, oh, dude, this is what I said. I was like, oh, I got to go do my podcast. You want to be on it? 
Like there's no logic, no explanation, no name, no what we're doing, but the way that I talked about it, the way that I talked about it, she goes, yeah, I'm in. And so that, that works. And I promise you, let me just end with this little bonus point. And then I, I want to give away this iPhone 7. Not everyone can vibe with you. And that's a key thing because sometimes what people think is, oh, what you mean, Ty, is that if I do it right, all people will buy from me. All people will take my pitch. All girls will be in love with me. I don't care what any pickup artist says, what any book says, what any sales book. There's zero people with 100% close rate. I have a friend. He's actually a Leo like you, Chris. And I call him the best pickup artist dude in the world. Trust me. This guy, I've never, I've been out with dudes that do well with women. This guy is gladiator, like Don Pablo, Pablo Escobar of picking up women, okay? And I asked him once, his name, well, I won't say his name. He, he got married and didn't want me to say his name. I don't, he didn't want his wife to know. But he basically said to me, oh, yeah, Ty, I get 50% of girls' phone number that I ask. And, and I was like, wait a sec, the best dude in the world. Like, trust me, guys, I've been around, I used to own nightclubs, I've seen it all. This guy will destroy you. Don't leave him around your girlfriend. He, he's, he's like a supermodel with super charisma, with, and he's not creepy, and he's just, he kills it. And he, even he is only 50%. One time I was out with him, I saw a girl punch him in the face. So I don't care who you are out there selling, nobody closes all deals. So you have to have two things, and I'm going to add this, I said, as the bonus point. Thick skin. If you are weak-willed, if you get butt hurt, if you take everything personally, you're done. I don't care. You could have listened to all Chris's seven points, all the powerful things in this episode. You ain't going to do jack shit because all of it gets people self-destruct. They try all the techniques Chris talking about. They talk what I've talked about, and then one person's like, nah. I don't like you. Bye. And they're just desperate. You find them on the floor of the office. They're like meditating. You're like, what are you doing? They're like, somebody said no. I'm like, welcome to planet Earth, man. Welcome to planet Earth. So, Chris, in, thank you for being here. I want to just say one more time. Can you hold up your book, Conversion sure. Code? Yeah, man. This is an the amazing book. Code. I'm not being paid to say this. I, uh, I actually reached out to him first. Conversion Code by Chris Smith. It's a USA Today, Amazon, and Audible bestseller. It has a ton. Of, one cool thing, you were smart. You put a lot of diagrams in. And a lot of people don't read, but you read the diagrams. I read the whole book. You can read it in about, I'd say most people read it in about an hour, uh, one to two hours, which is awesome because some books are too long. You did it just the right length of time. It's dense. It's good. And uh, Chris, I got to have you back on, man. Well, I appreciate it. I'm going to be out in uh, L.A. in December. I'd love to come do another class in person. Yeah, do a class in person. Where could, where's the best place for people who want to learn more from you besides the book? Where should they go? Yeah, the, the best place to go is my company's website, curator.com, C-U-R-A-Y-T-O-R.com. They can connect with me and everything there. My email, I, I'm happy to give that yeah, out, give that Chris up. at curator.com. Chris Curator. It's hard to find Chris Smith on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I'm sure you guys will link me up or tag Curator me. Curator is with so a Y. 
Curator with a Y. Chris at C-U- Curator. C-U-R-A-Y-T-O-R. dot com. Inc. 500. We help small businesses grow faster, and uh, we're growing pretty fast ourselves. We should have you do a little audit of my stuff. I'm sure you could help us. I, I was. You, <laughs> I can't do you wait. do is does curator I, I, do sales coaching mostly or overall like website convert? Like what's your thing? Yeah, we look at three things. So the first section of the book is how to make sure you're capturing the most and highest quality leads. The second part is the systems that are following up to get you as many appointments as possible. The last part is actually the scripts and the phone stuff. So I know that you're a master of marketing. So I wanted to focus more on the phone sales. Yes. But you really can't crack the conversion code if all three of those are not in unison. So how about this? Why don't we do this challenge? Um, I've got different companies. I got obviously Ty Lopez, my brand. I have Mentor Box. I've got a sleep company. I've got. I have my hand in many deals. Um, you take one, maybe take Ty Lopez and take Mentor Box. I'll pay you, by the way. You don't have to do this for free. But if you get results, I'll publish the results that the increase in revenue and sales, and we'll do a follow up call to this in a month or two, and say, all right, I hired Chris, and. This is what happened. We got X percent increase. You want to take that challenge? We'll get a lot I'm of people. I'm happy to take it. that challenge. It won't be an if; it'll be a when. And here's the thing, Ty: great funnels lead to great products and great people and great businesses. So I can't fix every funnel, but I could easily fix yours. It's not hardly broken anyway. One thing I will say is the biggest opportunity for your funnel, Ty, is design. Your funnels don't look as successful as you are, and I would love to help you fix that. Let's do it. Let's do it. Cool. Awesome. So thanks so much. Chris is going to fix my stuff. Hey, whenever you meet someone smart, all of you listening, go to them and say, how can you fix me? Don't go to people that are just going to kiss your butt, man. It's kind of like in the office. Dwight Schrute is always kissing Michael Scott's butt, and it gets annoying, man. You want people that go and call you out, and... If you're not being called out at least once a week with what you're doing financially, either there's three potential reasons. One, you're a weak-willed sissy, basically. I'm not saying that in a negative, like, sexist kind of way, sissy, but I'm just saying you're, like, kind of weak. If you can't actively tell people, solicit people to make you smarter, you're basically an idiot, weak idiot. Number two, you could be hanging around the wrong people, like you could be hanging out only like some people purposely surround themselves with people dumber than themselves so that they feel good about themselves, which leads me to number three. You're pro- you could be proud and proud people. Their main goal in life is to reconfirm their theory of themselves about how awesome they are. Get called out. The richer, uh, the more you're called out, as long as it's by qualified people the wealthier you become. I've never seen that system fail. Like when I do jujitsu or boxing, I'm bringing in coaches. Like my favorite thing with a coach, if I, if I, and I work with coaches when I travel, is a coach who looks at him like, oh man, wait, you're a blue belt and you don't know how to do this? Like wait till I'm done with you, man. You're going to be a free, you're going to move up to a purple belt. Like I'm a blue belt, which is, then next is purple, then brown, black. You don't want somebody who goes, Oh man, you know how to do, you know how to do an armbar, you know how to do spider guard. Wow, that's amazing. Like that's your nightmare is a trainer who's like totally impressed by you. So 
Chris, yeah. can I say one more thing, Todd? Because yeah. you just sparked the, like part of my manifesto. You have to always make sure you're learning more than you're earning. And that does get hard when you're Ty Lopez, when you're Inc. 500. But you have to do it on purpose. And that, that's what you do, Ty. You're going to always be able to chop down trees because your axe is always sharp. I love that. Yeah, that's the old saying, you know, if you need to cut down a tree, spend like five hours, I forget what the number is, spend five hours sharpening the axe and one hour chopping down the tree versus what most people do. They don't sharpen their axe and they spend two weeks hitting the tree, but it's so blunt. Their tool is blunt. And in this case, the tool is the mind. A sharp mind will always have money. There's a recession coming. Mark my words in the next, who knows, six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24, could be longer, could be shorter. People who brain knows how to, is sharp, they're going to do just fine. And if you're not, you're going to be at the whim of the economy, the whim of the government, people you don't want to be at the whim of. You don't want to, trust me, Donald Trump, Hillary, whoever you live, your prime minister, they're not going to save you. Save yourself, save your family, save your friends. So with that said, Chris, amazing eight, one hour and 18 minutes, man. We'll be in touch soon. Oh, by the way, I got my test group open for another seven days. If you want to learn how to make money online, I just recorded a two-hour video. Let me get the link for you guys. Let me say it here. I got it here somewhere. Go check this out. It's pretty cool because I popped this up yesterday, and it, people went crazy already. So for podcast go to tylopez.com slash make money online. Okay? For those of you listening in on replays, tylopez.com slash make money online. I, I will show you. I did a two-hour training how you can take simple household items and sell them online. Chris, thank you, my man. We'll be in touch. Thanks, Ty. Keep up the good work. Talk to you soon. Bye.